You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One on, nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here you swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, we're kicking off the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you. And Claibs, we got some big news to talk about this week. In fact, I would imagine these couple of hours are going to be largely about that big news. And of course, the biggest is the Nolan Arenado trade, which we're going to detail here as we get going. But I don't want to leave out the signing of Adam Wainwright either. He got brought back late last week. So it's been a hell of a four or five days for Cardinals fans, for the front office, for the organization. I know it's been a long, slow winter, Claves, but I think the wait's been worth it. It certainly has. And, you know, one of the things that John Mozalak said back in December that we just have to be patient. I don't think we were thinking along this line, but it's certainly one I appreciate. <laughs> but I'll tell you something, Kevin, that was interesting is the fact that he made the, the light about we may not be done. And, and I, I would think that Yadier Molina would be part of that equation. But, you know, that may be still another tweak or two on this ball club, which at one point you said could win the division by default. But now you you elevate everything where you're saying, hey, why not win the National League? Why not get to the World Series? I think you, you're certainly moving in that direction. You're adding, I don't know what where you'd put Nolan Arenado in terms of, you know, like compared to Mike Trout as the best player in the game. But put it this way, if you're having the conversation about the five to 10 best players in the game, Arenado's in that conversation. This yes. this is an elite player who is is on track to perhaps be the best third baseman uh, of modern times. And I mean, it's, it's a long time. You know, Mike Schmidt had a hell of a career. Uh, it's not like there's a definitive thing there, but even guys like Schmidt think he's the best defensive third baseman they've ever seen. So uh, you've got a well-rounded player who fits the personality that that Cardinal greats, the guys they commit to tend to have, right? I mean, I, I know uh, we're going to talk to Matt Holiday later. I see a lot of similarities in terms of work ethic and, you know, how they approach the game and all of that. And I think that, you know, this is a guy they've wanted Klaibs for a long time. And, they, you know, kind of took a few failures to get to this point. But I think there's a reason why they wanted this guy more than specific other players. Uh, I would agree. Uh, I think age had a lot to do with it. I mean, he's in the prime. Uh, still some yeah. good years in front of him, uh, well-established, well-respected. And he's one of those guys, Kevin, and we've seen it before where you'd see a good guy who wasn't on a winning team. And all of a sudden he goes elsewhere and he looks around. He's like, wow, you know, I can step my game up a little bit more. And with everything we've heard about Nolan Arenado, th- that seems like that's certainly a possibility. And if that's the case, and, and I think the big challenge will be like everybody who comes to St. Louis, they press early. Yeah. in their tour duty in St. Louis. Once he gets that behind him, who knows how good he can be. It's interesting, Klaib's listening to him talk, and we're going to hear from him a little bit later on uh, in this hour. So right around 6.30, we're going to hear from from Nolan Arenado, some of the things he had to say. But a couple things really stood out. Uh, one is that he's always kind of admired what how baseball is played and how, how it's received in St. Louis. And we hear that a lot from guys that come here. And, of course, we understand. In an introductory press conference, you're going to say good things about 
your new team, of course, right? I mean, everybody's going to do that. But he had some really specific stories that stood out to him uh, about uh, Troy Tulowitzki telling him that, you know, the first time he was here as a rookie in St. Louis as a rookie, Troy Tulowitzki telling him, hey, check this out. Watch how this goes. This is going to be fun. You're going to learn something about how baseball is. And I think that, you know, the fact that he already has such a positive view of of the, the organization, and by the way, Klaibs, the fact that he already said, I plan on being here a long time, <laughs> I think it's a really good sign. No, oh, I, I would think that that was really one of the things that raised everybody's eyebrow. I, I thought the other story about when they thought it was Charlie Blackman's first major yeah. league at bat and they yeah. gave a standing ovation and everybody was looking around wondering what, what's this all about? It, it wasn't his first big league at bat, but uh, that's how he, he paid attention. And, you know, we, we always hear about how the opposition pays attention when they come to St. Louis. And you, if you have a veteran on the team and he'll make sure the young guy comes early and takes it all in because that could be him someday. And I'm sure that same thing applied with, with Nolan, Along with the fact that he had some people that really gave St. Louis a, a thumbs up, uh, Matt Holiday being one of them. And as we've learned, there are a lot of other players on this team that he's, he's known and played with and played against that certainly helped push this thing over the goal line as far as his interest in St. Louis. So, Klaibs, I think we, we all agree. And, and there's no automatics in this game. We know there are injuries. We know weird things can happen. But this team is in a pretty good position right now. I and mean, it's, you know, they, they, I think what happens with the lineup, and I know – We'll, we'll talk about the pitching later. And, you know, Wayno back gives you a lot more stability in the rotation. Uh, the bullpen we've talked about all winter long being fantastic. But from an offensive standpoint, you know, no one player fixes every problem. But a guy as good as Arenado makes it so that you have time to sort those other things out, right? I mean, when you've got guys like him and Goldie in the middle of the order, that gives you time for, you know, get Carlson to find his his footing and for, you know, to find out who's going to hit amongst Fowler or O'Neill or Bader or Thomas or whoever. I think that, you know, you just have that much more wiggle room and you can continue to win games while you find those things out. There is nothing like having options. And I'm sure one of the happiest people is Mike Schilt because he does have options now <laughs> with regard to his lineup. And it's going to be fun to see how that works. But I, I think you make a great point about Dylan Carlson. It takes a little pressure off of him because you've got some bona fide swingers in this order and he can grow into it. And you know what? What happens if he's sandwiched between those guys or he's hitting in front of one of them where he's going to even see more good pitches? Uh, It can only help his situation, especially being a switch hitter. I wonder wonder how many scraps of paper Schilte's going through putting together a potential lineup, so who goes where. (laughs) He's probably gone through a couple of ink pens, probably a ream of paper right now. Probably, you know, he may go the Tony route and start writing them down on cocktail napkins and things of that nature. But it it is going to be fun for him to do it, and I think for us to do it, just to see how things pan out because, uh, as I mentioned, he has options. Well, this is a big show, right? I mean, you don't acquire a player of this caliber very often, and we're going to be celebrating that throughout. So next hour, we're going to hear from Matt Holliday, who knows Nolan Arenado really well and, of course, knows Cardinals country very well. Uh, We're going to hear from Ryan Spielborgs, who is a broadcaster and former Rockies player, but a broadcaster for the Rockies, to kind of get that perspective. Later this hour, we're going to hear from Arenado himself. I should say it's it's Arenado. He made that – he was asked about that at the the, – at the zoom conference earlier. And he said, it doesn't, he goes, I don't care, but it's really Arenado. So we'll make sure we do it the right way. Nolan Arenado. Uh, we're going to hear from Joe Buck later this hour. 
And coming up next, we're going to hear from the Cardinals president of baseball operations, the man that uh, pulled the trigger on this and helped get it all done. John Mosellock will join us when we come back on the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. This is the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on KMOX. All right, back into the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you and happy to be joined by Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock. And Mo, we're, we're doing some of these things via Zoom today. I can see the uh, Arenado jersey behind you. Congratulations, man. I know Cardinal Nation's pretty stinking excited this week. This is an exciting time for the Cardinals. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's at times where sometimes people feel that, that um, we're not aggressive enough. We're not always looking to, to sign the top available players out there. But... I would like people to understand, like we're, we're, we're pretty strategic in what we're trying to think through and why. And, um, you know, this is a player that we've always admired. And, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing was, you know, after this pandemic, it, I think it changed some of the way they had to think about stuff. And so it created an opportunity for us and, you know, started really sort of diving into this, uh, right around, uh, Thanksgiving and to, to get to where we are today. I, I think, you know, look, we're, we're all excited. I mean, anytime you, you sign a player or, or you bring someone in, there's that 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 moment and and in time where you're just you're 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 excited, you're pumped. But I think everybody can look at his track record, look at what type of player he is, and realize this is not just about February second. This is going to be about many years of having an, an elite third baseman manning the corners for us. And um, you know, people have referenced like, oh, it's kind of like bringing Scott Rowland type player back and in a lot of ways it is and um you couple that with with some rising talent you couple that with already having like a goldschmidt at the other corner you got to feel pretty good about where we are and um you know not one player just necessarily like tips the scale on on any given season but i think when you look at this in totality um you feel pretty good about it Mo, this this has been going on since last year when you first in, uh, had a conversations with Colorado. What jump started it this year? And it, was there at any point where you said to yourself, "I'm not sure if we could pull this one over the goal line"? A thousand times I said that. <laughs> um, I probably I probably said it twenty times yesterday. Um, you know, like using the analogy, like you know, how many times do you hit an approach shot to the green and then you know, five putt, it kind of felt like that, like, oh, so close. And then it wasn't. So, you know, not blaming anybody. Um, you just, the, the, there's a lot of details in this deal. There's a lot of complications. So, um, I mean, originally when we started going down this path, it, it, it almost felt like you're just, you know, jumping into a rabbit hole because it just seems so daunting of, uh, of, an uphill climb, but as, as, as time went on, you started to be able to squint hard enough to see a deal. And then there was that optimism. So, but I guess you always have that, that saying, like, until you have a deal, you don't have a deal. <laughs> Mo, Mo, is it, is it a fair statement to say the, the Cardinals kind of have a type when it comes to players? I mean, he, no, Nolan Arenado seems to fit the, uh, Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, you know, Matt Holliday, Scott Rowland, that really hard worker, the guy that seems to prioritize that um, pretty much over everything else. It's just the work ethic seems to be something that seems to be an attraction. 
I mean, all those guys you named have had, you know, unique work ethic. Um, and, and, but they all did it in their own different ways. This, I would say Nolan reminds me almost like the, the player he most resembles to me as like how he thinks about work is, is Matt Holiday. And for any of you guys that were sitting on that, that, that presser, I mentioned how he loves to play wiffle ball. Like, <laughs> like some people, when they, they leave the ballpark, they would rather, you know, maybe golf, go fishing, do nothing. Um, but he just likes having a bat in his hand or a glove in his hand. And anybody that's ever gotten to watch him take infield, it's, it's like, you know, it's a piece of art. And, you know, I think from an offensive standpoint, we've all talked about, nauseum like what do the cardinals need to do to improve and it was like find a middle of the order hitter and you know i I got it i mean i certainly understood what people were saying but it's just not always easy to find and but to have the two um skill sets in one player it's it's you know I, i think it really was a home run for us and i do feel like he has a lot of mat in him there were a lot of high fives extended and everybody's happy but I don't know if you're going to have time to even savor this because there's still a lot of work in front of you. You've got an arbitration coming up. You also uh, mentioned something today that you guys might not be done. I haven't heard anything about extending invites for spring training for non-roster people. So there's still a few things to be done. And oh, by the way, spring training is about two weeks away. Yeah. So a couple thoughts on that. You're right. Um, it's, it's not time to just put your feet up and take a deep breath. So so we're all still gearing up, working hard, and uh, we have the arbitration prep going on as, as I speak. And then, you know, look, there, there's still some things out there that we'd like to do. The reason we haven't announced our non-roster invitees or, or just the complete roster in general is because of just the uncertainty of what those protocols might look like. In other words, what if we're told you're allowed 60 players and we already invited 72? Who gets to make that phone call? tell the 12 they're not coming right so it's it, we're just trying to like hedge our bets as best we can on in terms of timing but hopefully in the in, in the next few days we can resolve that and um you guys will know exactly what's coming in the camp. with that said any more word on the dh i mean that, that was something that we thought was going to happen then we we heard well it's probably not going to happen has there been any true official word on what the dh would look like if we were going to extend it to the national league you know, candidly, the, the last six, seven days, I really haven't paid much attention to what's going on with, with that labor discussion. Um, my understanding is, as of right now, we need to plan to go forward without. So as you uh, kind of peek ahead, I know uh, we won't talk about the one guy that's still a free agent, won't put you on the spot, even though you're, you've often been nice well, about it. But we know Kevin, you know, more. he doesn't discuss <laughs> free agents. You know, he doesn't right. discuss that. Exactly so right. We want to keep that streak alive here. Exactly right. That's right. But you guys, a lot- you guys can you guys can actually see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Normally you can't. Here, hold on. I'm gonna duck because you can see mine, and I'm embarrassed. Exactly. <laughs> but I, but I do. <laughs> I did want to bring up the one he got done last week that we hadn't had a chance to talk about directly with Adam Wainwright coming back and. He, he was super excited about everything, as, you, as we would all imagine. Um, when, when you get a guy back like that for the rotation and you know, adds stability and experience, how much does that help your planning with the other guys that you're going to be trying to figure out for that swing between the pen and the rotation and maybe Memphis? Well, you know, getting Adam back did factor into how we thought about this deal because, you know, obviously then somebody like an Austin Gomber who 
undoubtedly has, you know, six more years of control and Adam, we signed for one year. That's, you know, one way of thinking about it. But we just felt like when we got Adam back, it gave us some depth where we could take something off this roster and put it in the deal. And, and, and thus, that's that's how we led to, to Mr. Gomber. Um, but, you know, overall, I think you touched on Adam's attributes. I mean, he is a, a, a fearless competitor. He's uh, probably, you know, one, has one of the highest standings in our clubhouse in terms of like respect and, and the young pitchers look at him and, and want to learn from him. And, um, you know, that was something we talked about earlier that when you have your best players or your hardest workers, that's a good combination. Hey, Mo, final question for me. Um, you've been at this a while and you've sat in the room on some big deals, even when you were working with Walt. Where does this rank as far as challenging your wits when it comes to being in this position that you're in trying to do a deal of this magnitude? Well, I'll sum it up this way. I told Bill Gersh Flo last night, I hope I'm never part of one of these again. I mean, <laughs> it was it was extremely complicated. It was ex- extremely stressful, exhausting. And, and, and I, and I meant that like, just, it was, it was a challenge. And, you know, I've been a part of some complicated deals in the past too, but this one just had so many more moving parts. And, and so um, I know at some point I will smile and enjoy this, but I'm not quite there yet. And many thanks to the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, for joining us on the show. Big day. Uh, you, you could even see uh, definitely uh, a long process for everybody involved and, and glad they got it done. And obviously uh, a lot of insight there from John Mosellock. I want to remind you that uh, you can gear up for this season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine, your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out. You can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine. All right. We just heard from Mo coming up next. We're going to hear from Nolan Arenado. Uh, he spoke to uh, the Cardinals rights holders, so Cardinals broadcaster, special uh, kind of Zoom conference from earlier today. I'll let you hear from the new Cardinals star third baseman when we come back. It's the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. This is the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on KMOX. Welcome back into the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Many thanks to John Mosellock for joining us in the last segment. Now it's time to hear from the Cardinals' new star. Now, he was introduced to everybody, you know, if you've got a chance to ask questions, your normal kind of Zoom press conference, the way normal is uh, in 2020 and 2021. But before the big one, Cardinals broadcast and the Cardinals magazine folks, we all got a chance to talk to Nolan separately just for a little bit and get some of his thoughts on all of this coming together, what drew him to St. Louis, uh, his friendship with Matt Holiday, a lot of cool things in here from Nolan Arenado. This organization has a lot of history. You know, I've, I've always had a lot of respect for it um, since my rookie year. I've always admired it from afar. You know, I remember when I was in uh, the fall league, me and my dad went to go have go eat and watch David Freeze hit that big homer against the Rangers. And uh, we were going nuts. And uh, I've always admired them from afar. And they've, they've always played the game the right way. And the winning tradition is something that I've always had a lot of respect for. And uh, it's something that I'm really excited to be a part of. This discussion has been going on for over a year with respect to you coming to St. Louis. Uh, how did you deal with that? And when did you realize that this was actually going to take place? Sometimes you read things and then 
your agent tells you something totally different. So you kind of start to realize, okay, I don't think what I'm reading is right on, but you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of good teams out there and I think the Cardinals are definitely one of them. I think that it's one of the top teams and, you know, they got really good players and uh, obviously I've heard they got a great staff and obviously asking around from people as it got closer, I started asking around, obviously holiday is a good friend of mine and wanted to learn and find out about them. And, you know, like I said, a winning tradition is huge. Um, that's something, like I said, I admire and something I just want to be a part of. And they have great history, great players. And, uh, you know, it, it feels good knowing that it was getting close, but I feel like I was hearing it was getting close for a long time. So I started to get a little nervous um, and worried, but uh, I'm happy that I finally came into fruition and now we're here. Have you talked to any of the guys yet? Kind of what's that been like? Obviously, Goldschmidt. I've known Goldschmidt for a while now. Um, we used to play against each other in rookie ball when he was in Missoula and I was in Casper, Wyoming. And then obviously playing against the big leagues in Arizona and Colorado. And uh, uh, Matt Carpenter, you know, we got to know him pretty good. We got to go on a couple of vacations with him, with Nike, and we got to hang out with him and his wife and get to know him and uh, just really good people. But uh, I think that's what this team has is good people, good players. And, uh, yeah, I've got to talked to a few of them. And, I'm, you know, I'm Paul DeYoung. I haven't talked to him at the All-Star game a little bit and get to know him, and, and I'm excited to be a part of it. What are some thoughts that you've had about the Cardinal fan base in general as a visitor coming into St. Louis, what the atmosphere is like and uh, what you you have seen from the fan base? Just the respect they have for the game and their knowledge for the game. You know, they know a lot about baseball and they pay attention to the little things. Um, they appreciate, you know, everyone. I remember one time Charlie came up to hit and the announcer announced it was like his debut, but it really wasn't his debut but they thought it was. And uh, they gave him like a standing ovation, Charlie Blackman. And uh, it was pretty funny, but uh, it was cool that they gave him that respect, you know, and I remember Descalso came back with us one year. They gave him a standing O for what he, you know, how he helped that team win back in the day and Mark Reynolds. And it, it's just cool to see that they really appreciate players that play for them and they really love them. And uh, I, that's all I've heard. I've all I heard is that they really care about their players and they really care about their baseball. It's going to be pretty cool to be a part. How do you practice making diving plays at third base? Well, a lot of those are instincts, you know, I just let my instincts take over for those. But, you know, I had, uh, you know, I used to go lay down on the ground and practice throwing from a knee on the field until my brother was like, dude, it just looks weird that you're doing this right now. Stop doing that. So, you know, I, it's just instincts, man. You just try to work on the little things, let your instincts take over. But, you know, I, uh, I definitely work on diff throwing from different arm angles. And when you dive and you have to get up or throw from knee, you have to throw from those angles. So I feel like I'm always kind of prepared for those those moments. And, uh, but uh, yeah, just working on them, just trying to get better at it. And, uh, you know, diving kind of takes a toll, you know, you get a little, it, it could be a little, it makes you a little sore <laughs> and stuff, but you know, you got to keep doing it. got to help the team win. So like I said, working on throwing from different angles has always helped me. Well, you mentioned Matt Holiday a little bit ago. You guys have in common now, having gone from playing for the Rockies and Coors Field a lot to St. Louis. Um, one, what, is, what are the things you maybe learned from watching him? Two, uh, describe your gen your general offensive approach and how you take that to the field. Yeah, you know, I learned a lot from him. You know, uh, I think, you know, I've always tried to finish my swing like him, like finish down and through the baseball. He's always been the best at it. Um, obviously, just, you know, I like to work above the ball, you know, and those are kind of similar things we talk about. Um, you know, we have the same kind of lingo when it comes to hitting. Um, and uh, my approach is to go up there hit the ball hard. You know, I change, I think when I'm, when I'm going right and when I'm doing things right, it's usually when I simplify it as much as I can, let's just go up there, hit the ball hard um, and uh, help the team win. And uh, I believe when I have that mindset, I'm usually 
I usually do what I'm supposed to do, and that's driving runs and help the team win. So that's what I expect to do. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I try not to set too many goals here, you know, like hit, you know, everyone wants to hit 300 with 30 and you know, everybody wants to do that. Of course I want to do that, but I think my goal is to be over being on the field for over 155 games. I think that's my main goal. I think, uh, if you're out there every day, usually the numbers are going to be there to back it up. So I think if I'm out there playing, I think I'll be right where I need to be. And, uh, I think our team will be in a good spot. Your road numbers are really, really good, but there's always talk about the cores effect. Uh, your road numbers, especially against the central division, are really, really good. Is there a, a challenge to adapting or is there anything to that? I mean, there was when you're in Colorado, there wasn't a challenge adapting. You know, um, you know, obviously your body doesn't the first few days in, out of Denver, you feel a little sluggish. Um, the movement of pitches is a little different. But so I'm, I'm really excited to not have to deal with those things, you know, those adjustments. You know, I think I can benefit from just hopefully just it's all the normal, you know, all the same, you know, I, I know some places are gonna, it's going to be a little different, but for the most part, it'll be the same. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I love that St. Louis, there's humidity. I think that's always good. It's going to be good for my body. I know it gets really hot there though. So I know that'll be tough, but you know, I, I like that part. Um, but I'm not worried about that. I, uh, like I said, if I'm out there over 155 games, I, I believe my numbers will be just fine. And I expect to be to help this team win. Nolan, I, I'm sure you've had a lot of things going through your mind. It's 100 miles an hour the last 72 hours and, and kind of the, the great moments in Colorado that's an ending and then the new beginning in St. Louis. Have you allowed yourself to think yet about how good the 21 Cardinals can be and the, the thought of October baseball? Is that something you have even considered yet or is uh, is things uh, are things moving a little too fast for that right now? Oh, no. I mean, I made this decision because I was thinking it, you know. Uh, so I thought I've thought about this for a while now. Um you know, I think this team is really good. Obviously, I have a lot of, you know, it's bittersweet as far as, you know, I'm going to miss some guys in Colorado. And I got them, you know, I'm, I've known a lot of those guys since I was like 18 years old, you know, so that part's tough. But, you know, this is new beginnings. It's a new chapter, me and my family's life. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I really believe this team is good. We got really good pitching, really good defense. And that's a huge piece. And now I think hopefully I can help expand this lineup a little bit and help each other. We could all bounce off each other. And I think we could do a really good job. You know, our fan base, like you mentioned, they are so excited to have you uh, in a Cardinal uniform. Just what would you say to them as you get ready to open spring training in your first year as a Cardinal? Just uh, a message to the fans if, if you had one. Well, you know, I just let them know that I'm I'm very happy to be here. I'm going to do my best. You know, uh, I, you know, I plan on being here for a long time. And uh, I, I want to bring back those joys of the David Freeze and those moments. And, uh, you know, I want to get back to the playoffs and be a big time threat and they already are, but I think I could really help them too. And uh, it's a great feeling. I think we have a really good team that can do special things, you know, and uh, I hope they're excited like we are. Do you have any history in the past, amateur ball, anything like that, minor league ball going up against or playing with any of your new teammates? And then just talk about how you're going to approach for the first time being kind of the new guy in, in a clubhouse as opposed to being the place you've been all along. When I was in double A, that was the first time we ever played the Cardinals of Tulsa. So we played Springfield. And it's funny when, uh, it's, it was like Carlos Martinez, Michael Waka, Trevor Rosenthal, Greg Garcia, Colton Wong, Oscar Tavares. Um, it, this team was stacked, man. It was it was packed. And I was like, dude, this is the best team I've ever seen. And uh, they were really good. And obviously, they all got to the big league. Seth, Seth Manis was there. Um, so, you know, I've gotten to, you know, I played against those guys and some of them in the minors. And uh, so I got to know them a little bit. You know, obviously, some of them are gone. But, you know, I got to play against them. But 
Shieldy was the manager. I know I've gotten to know Shieldy a little bit. We always I was always talking him, talking his ear off over there at third base all the time. Great to hear from uh, Nolan Arenado from earlier today. Some really fun stuff in there, especially the part about planning on being around for a little while. Really, uh, and in fact, the term that he used was being around for a long time. So I know Cardinal fans happy to hear that. I know it definitely stood out to me when uh, when Arenado made that comment. And look, it's uh, it's an important part of this. We all want to see this play out over the course of the next six or seven years, not just the next year, and then have an opt-out. And it sounds like he's planning on sticking around. Right, I don't want to remind you uh, that, you know, while it's cold outside and all that, we could still dream about the summer months when we're going to be able to enjoy time together outside. And Cardinal Special Events offers all sorts of unique options for celebrating outdoors in beautiful Bush Stadium. From cocktails on the warning track to brunch in the bullpen, your group will be sure to make memories that will last a lifetime. To find out more, just visit cardinals.com slash events. All right, coming up next, we're going to hear from Joe Buck, get some of his thoughts on the Nolan Arenado trade. That's next up on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Sports bettors, are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now and use code BETQLDAILY to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the app now to experience the premium sportsbook for yourself, and don't forget to sign up with code BETQLDAILY to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So, are you ready? T's and C's applied. Void where prohibited. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show. Presented by Amron on KMOX. We continue on with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show. Presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Uh, Great already this hour to have heard from... The two big players in this blockbuster trade that went down earlier in the week, John Moselock and Nolan Arenado. Now we get uh, the, the the viewpoint from a guy that knows a little bit about uh, St. Louis Cardinals history, who knows a little bit about Major League Baseball and obviously does a lot of great work um, on the football side of things too. Joe Buck was kind enough to spend some time with our own Tom Ackerman a little bit earlier on this week to talk about the Arenado trade and, of course, the impact this has not just on the Cardinals but on Major League Baseball. I legitimately believe he's one of the best players that MLB has to offer. Uh, I I think he's the right kind of guy for this city. It's a brilliant move, and it really changes the overall feel of the team, the direction of the front office, their willingness to pay big money for big talent. That hasn't been there over the past few years. At least that feel hasn't been there, I think, locally and nationally. And now – pulling off this deal I mean it's considered a steal for good reason I I would imagine that a lot of teams now look at this this pact between the Cardinals and the Rockies and they think wow I mean to to give up what they gave up the Cardinals and not really any of their top prospects that they're dying to hold on to have Colorado bite off 50 million of of what's owed Nolan Arenado I, I get it Maybe the opt-out scares other teams thinking that he may end up back in Southern California. I I just personally don't see it. I think he's going to get to St. Louis, love it. And I don't know that there's the kind of money out there that there was uh, pre-pandemic when Nolan signed this deal. I think everybody wins, except for my father-in-law, who's a huge Nolan Arenado fan and Colorado Rockies fan. He is mad, very, very mad. I was about to say, I know you have the Denver connection there. Joe, uh, Let's we're going to talk about the baseball player in just a moment, but tell me about Nolan Arenado, the person, and what he is like as a human being. 
So I, I was doing a, a kid's show that I was uh, partnered with a friend of mine who goes by the name of Coach uh, Ballgame. And I, we were at the All-Star Game two years ago, whenever it was in Cleveland. I think that was two Julys ago. And we were bopping around trying to get players to uh, to be a part of a video piece with Coach Ballgame. Every player there said, well, basically, what's in it for me? I was offering my place in Cabo. I was I was trying to get guys outside from the locker room to do the piece. And I went to Nolan Arenado, who I don't know that well, uh, and, and I said, would you would it drive you nuts if I asked you to come out right now and just do a quick thing? It's for, it's for kids. I said, absolutely, let's go do it. And I, I on the way down there, I'm like, man, I owe you. Thank you so much. He said, are you kidding me? This is great. This is fun. I love doing this kind of stuff. I said, well, what can I do for you? He said, absolutely nothing. And and that when I read that Matt Holliday said that nobody he's ever played with is more into baseball than Nolan, I think that's what he's saying. I mean, the guy just loves the game, wants to grow the game. And like I said on a show earlier today, uh, the Cardinals finally have a billboard guy. You know, somebody that can be on a billboard, can sell tickets, merchandise, and, and it's somebody that represents the present and the future not the past. And, and that's what it's about. And, and they got a bona, a bona fide superstar, but a, a hell of a guy. I mean, this city, once they get to know him, uh, they're going to love this player. It's so great to hear. And then the player, I mean, you have Paul Goldschmidt at first base and Nolan Arenado at third base, not since Pujols rolling. Have you had a combination like that? And you and I have been around this team our entire lives. We've seen some great ones. I mean, Keith Hernandez and Ozzie Smith and Roland and Pujols and some excellent defensive players yeah. uh, throughout, right? Uh, this is uh, a, a once-in-a-generation-type third baseman, isn't he? I mean, he stacks up among the all-time greatest. Well, when Mike Schmidt says he thinks – Nolan is the best third baseman he's ever seen. And Mike Schmidt is known for home runs and all that, but he was a hell of a player defensively. It kind of goes Brooks Robinson. Uh, I think the next guy that was known as, as being that good, that much of a difference maker, that athletic at third base is Scott Rowland, time with Philadelphia, and then obviously here in St. Louis. And then Nolan, and I think Arenado is a guy that uh, can make the spectacular. If you just go online, Anybody who doesn't know much about him, just go online and look at, at his defensive plays that will absolutely make your jaw drop with barehanded pickups, throws with his momentum, carrying him away from first base as he's in foul ground at third base. I mean, he, he is he's a gym rat, and, and I think he really works hard on his defense, and, and he may go down depending on if he stays healthy and how long he plays as the best third baseman ever to play the game and and that's that's high praise for somebody that uh, that is still just about to turn 30. We know that uh, at age 29 he's been in the game for eight years gold gloves all eight years and the guy can hit now last year offensively had a step back in terms of numbers but that was also attributed to injury Joe you've seen him play a whole bunch what kind of an offensive player is he? I mean he's got all the power you need He's, you know, he's a, he can also obviously hit for average. And, and it's almost unfair now with the way players that play in Denver kind of get downgraded because they play in that altitude. They have the humidor. I think the game's become a lot better with baseball in Colorado than it, than it was. 
Uh, his, his road splits are, are not as good as his home numbers, but somebody made a comparison I read today about DJ LeMahieu. I mean, LeMahieu may be the best hitter in baseball, plays for the Yankees, which is uh, not very far above sea level last time I checked. And uh, I, I think the same. I think once Nolan gets a chance to settle in, feel comfortable, may not happen in the first month of the season, whenever that occurs. But I think once he, he gets that comfort level, I think he's going to be as dynamic a player as, as there is. You know, I, to go from where they were to where they are uh, with this one deal just just brightens the whole mood of the organization. So they did really well here, and they deserve a lot of credit for pulling off uh, getting a player that any team would want uh, on their roster. And again, that's Joe Buck. Uh, with our good friend Tom Ackerman. I want to remind you, too, that as we're getting ready for the season, there are all kinds of cool things you can involve yourself with, and that includes kids. Uh, The Cardinals Kid Club, presented by Rawlings, is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes access to virtual events, exclusive virtual events, and items include uh, like a fleece blanket and a wall sign and all of that for just $33. Just check it out, man. You can join at cardinals.com slash kids club. All right, coming up next, we got a calendar to give away and then a whole nother hour of coverage on the Cardinals' big moves over the last week. Uh, obviously, the big trade with Nolan Arenado bringing back Adam Wainwright. We're still waiting on Yachty. We'll see where that goes, but we'll wrap up this hour and give away a 2021 calendar coming up next. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron on KMOX. All right, closing out our number one, getting ready for our number two, a little business to take care of for you. I want to remind you that the 2021 Cardinals calendar celebrates 12 epic moments in Cardinals history and gets you ready for baseball with the spring training and regular season schedules all right there for you. You can pick up your calendar at area grocers and retailers or by calling 314-345-9000. Now, one lucky person has a chance to get a 2021 Cardinals calendar for free right now, and that'll be the first caller at 314-531-1120. 314-531-1120. First caller gets the 2021 Cardinals calendar. All right, stay tuned. We just got going. I know we've had a busy first hour. The second hour is going to be very much the same. We're going to be hearing from uh, Adam Wainwright in the in the next hour. We're going to talk to Matt Holiday about his friend Nolan Arenado and his, you know, kind of a couple of guys there that made the transition from Colorado eventually to St. Louis. I know Matt Holiday had to stop in Oakland there in between all of that, but a couple of guys that um, kind of made this same transition. We'll talk about that with Matt Holiday coming up in just a little bit. And of course, when we come back, a little bit more on Adam Wainwright as well. It's Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. One on, nobody out. The two open. Here to swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. It's the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up, get up, get up. Oh, oh, yeah. This one is going to go. Oh, my. He got all of that one. Now, Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. All right, hour number two of the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And Claves, I know uh, the the biggest news, because it's such a new thing, has been uh, the the acquisition of of Nolan Arenado. Uh, we, we heard from him last hour. We heard from Mo. You and I talked a bit about it. And I think that, you know, that's the, the big, big news. But 
I don't want to leave this out. I mean, we, we got to spend some time on Wayno because right before uh, the, the Arenado news broke last week, we had Adam Wainwright reintroduced uh, as a member of the Cardinals team. And, you know, we all know what he's all about from a legacy standpoint, Claves. I mean, this guy is an all-time Cardinal great. But, boy, from a performance standpoint and a stability standpoint, how much does that guy help going into a new year knowing you've got another yes in the rotation as opposed to a trial? It's a good question because I look at last year and, you know, it was an abbreviated season and he was really effective. Now, if you spread that out over 162, what are you getting? And I think we see that he's so much more effective at home. I'm not sure if he's a guy that's in the rotation every start. I know he'd like to be. But I think I've got to find a way for him to be effective and also work in some other young pitchers in maybe that fifth spot in the rotation. But knowing Adam, you know, he might come out guns blazing and and really force your hand in how you're going to use him. But I want to make sure that I have a a legitimate Adam Wainwright at the end of the year as much as I do in the beginning. Uh, No question. No question. And, you know. It's funny the 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 way that you set it up because we knew that there you know, I think it's pretty clear and you and I have talked a bit about it because it was only a two month season for everybody. You know I think a lot of teams are going to be careful about starting pitching and not necessarily planning on those guys making yeah. thirty two or thirty three starts. So while you did trade one of your potential starting candidates in Austin Gomber to get Nolan uh, Arenado, you you still have a whole load of guys that fall in behind your top four. Uh, and I think we all agree the top four would be Jack Flaherty, Kwon Young Kim, Miles Michaelis, and Adam Wainwright, assuming health for all four of those guys. But then you still have Ponce de Leon. Uh, you still have Carlos Martinez, depending on how he does. And apparently he's thrown the ball pretty well in the in the Caribbean League. So uh, I, I think we're all at the point where we're just kind of waiting to see on him. But he's a candidate to be in there. You've got a lot of the kids that are going to be in Alex the mix. Reyes. John Gant, Alex Reyes, Hennessy Cabrera could be that. I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the depth is really the strength of this team on the pitching side, whether you're talking rotation or bullpen and just having a guy like Wayne right there as kind of a guidepost is, is going to make things that I think a little bit easier for the team to manage in terms of how you, how you set them up for a long season following a short season. The, the other issue that comes into play here is how many innings, a lot of those guys, I mean, think about the fact that with the exception of Matthew Libertor, Virtually everybody in the organization who was near major league ready got a major league opportunity. So that experience that they got is something that bodes well for them coming into this year. But I got to tell you, Kevin, with the exception of Hicks, every other guy better come in here stretched out or looking (laughs) to start. Okay. Uh, And and Hicks is a guy, he's a big, strong kid that I I wouldn't want to just limit him to one inning. You know, I, I think, with the way the game is trending, we may go back to the fireman era where you may have a guy come in in the seventh inning and put out a fire and then work from there. Maybe he gets a two-inning save or a five-inning, five-batter save, something along that line, uh, because I think you have to stretch these pitchers out a little bit more. And fortunately for the Cardinals, they've got a lot of pitchers. Oh. And how they are used is something that we'll have to wait and see. But I like the experience factor that they have. Yeah, and you, I, I forgot one, but you're you're bringing up the fact that some of these guys got experience last year. I mean, I forgot uh, Oviedo, who was really yeah. impressive. And, you know, that's a guy that that probably ends up, you know, if he's if he's not your fifth starter at the beginning, he's probably ends up in, in, in Memphis, you know, staying built up in case you need somebody. And where some of these other guys might just track to the bullpen and then, you know, you can find a way to move back and forth. Um, but I think that, you know, they're all going to be happy. I got to believe that every single one of them is thrilled to have a new teammate in, in Nolan Arenado who can steal away some of those hits and 
make plays that that I mean, Claves. I mean, taking taking away hits that should be hits <laughs> is what great defense is all about. And you know, you've got that at both corners right now. Um, you know, speaking specifically of Wainwright, by the way, how funny was it that last Friday at his own Zoom conference, he kind of hinted that something big was coming, like uh, like he knew how close this this thing was happening with Nolan Ar- Nolan Arenado, and then. Later that day, we get the reports that it's happening. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He he kind of he, he kept a secret as well as he could. <laughs> but but you know what, Kevin? Here's here's something that I was talking to one a pitcher. Everybody's ERA is going to drop about a half a point thanks to Nolan Arenado at this point. <laughs> and when you think about what he and Goldschmidt can do, taking away doubles down the line. Paul DeYoung has certainly made himself an accountable shortstop. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, we haven't seen a lot of him at second base, but Tommy Edmond has learned how to play this game in an effective manner, no matter where he's at. And, you know, the, the other thing, and I know it's kind of a long shot. We haven't heard a great deal about it. But do you kick the tires on what Colton Wong might want or what you're willing to pay him, considering that that second base market really just kind of fizzled? Uh, other than LeMahieu, we didn't see anybody really make big money. Is that a is that a tire you kick one more time before you go to spring training? It doesn't hurt, especially if you get to do it on the Rockies' dime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right about that. And, and maybe it's a short term deal, but if you're Colton Wong and you look and you said, "Holy cow, this this could be one of the all time great infields," and he'd like to be part of it. And oh, by the way, he's a left handed hitter who's been in the leadoff spot and was fairly effective the first time around. Uh, I got to go back and say, "Hey, look, we know it didn't work out like you wanted it to." But we think maybe there's a way we can make this work if you work with us. Well, I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. We'll be checking in, uh, obviously, between now and the start of the season, talking a bit about how all of that develops. Um, in the meantime, you know, we're still dealing with a little bit of the cold claves. We're, we're waiting for the summer months where we can enjoy the time at the ballpark and things outside. And Cardinal Special Events uh, offers all sorts of unique options for celebrating outdoors at Bush Stadium. From cocktails on the warning track to brunch in the bullpen, your group will be sure to make memories that will last a lifetime. So just check it out. It's cardinals.com slash events to find out more. Stick around. We're going to get more of a, a look at the Denver slash Colorado Rockies side of this coming up next. Kevin Wheeler, Mike Claiborne with you on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on KMOX. We are continuing on with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Obviously, we spent most of the time today, Claibs, breaking down uh, the Nolan Arenado trade and all of the the St. Louis angles on that, getting stories uh, you know about him uh, from guys that know him well. We've got Matt Holiday coming up a little bit later on in the hour to do just that. And right now, happy to have Ryan Spielborg with us. Of course, Ryan, a part of the Rockies broadcast team, a host at MLB Network Radio as well. You'll find him on Twitter at SpillyGoat19. And Spilly, first of all, it's good to talk to you again, man. Thank you for doing this. Always, uh, always enjoyed the times that we've gotten to do some shows together. And I appreciate you helping us out today on a day that, uh, well, I think you you have a pretty good input on, you know, the things that are going on with this trade involving the Cardinals and the Rockies. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Wheels and uh, Clave, I'm always looking forward to catching up with you guys from St. Louis. And you guys got a good one. Well, Ryan, tell us just what do we have? I mean, we've seen all the highlights. We've saw, watched him kill us over the years and just about everybody else in baseball. But what are we getting as a person? 
Um, man, I've known Nolan since 2009. Um, you know, he's, he comes from a very strong family, you know, for his family is, you know, has Cuban descent and Cuban, you know, background. And it's really important to him and, and, you know, keeping this close knit kind of group, you can, you can see it when, if you look back at videos of him playing with football with his brother, Jonah and, and his cousin, Josh Fuentes, who plays for the Rockies now, um, it's a baseball family and he's always been a baseball rat. Uh, like I'll give you an example. And and this is where, you know, when, when people come to the stadium at five o'clock at night and they're watching batting practice, uh, you think that the players may have just got there. And uh, it's so far from accurate when, when you talk about the average day of a major leaguer, most guys are getting to the field around two or three in the afternoon for a seven o'clock game. Well, if you go to Coors Field, and I'm often at Coors Field doing radio, and even when I'm on the road, Nolan gets to the stadium around noon. Mm. And before anybody's even there, um, he'll walk out, headphones on, uh, as part of his normal routine, and he goes to the outfield, and he'll go into the bullpen, and he'll stand with the bat and listening to music and just kind of visualize. He loves the game. Uh, like I cannot stress it enough. He wants to be great at the game. Um, and you know, very few players that I've, I've witnessed have his work ethic, um, have his passion for winning, have his passion for, for his teammates and his family. Um, so just getting a chance to, to see somebody do this day in, day out, it doesn't matter if it's a day game, a night game after a long road trip, uh, Nolan will go out there and, and do this. And, you know, it's really endearing. It's an endearing quality that very few in any sport have um, to where you, you can watch somebody that's truly wanting to be great and putting that time and effort to be great. Spilly, uh, you, you played with a guy that we're going to talk to in a bit, Matt Holiday, and you know him well. How, those guys seem to be somewhat comparable in terms of work ethic and how they go about it. I'm, I'm sure their personalities are different and all, but they, they seem to be cut from that same cloth. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had the the fortunate part of seeing some really good players come through the Rockies uh, franchise, both as a teammate and and as a broadcaster now. And um, what was amazing is as the Rockies kind of gained some notoriety in the in the early two thousands. You know, you you had players like a uh, Preston Wilson and mm-hmm. a Larry Walker, uh, a Todd Helton, and then he had this little lull in between, basically two thousand two and and two thousand six. And one of the players that popped out of that group was, was Matt Holiday. And what was amazing about it was, you know, Holiday brought a work ethic to that group that was comparable to Todd Helton. And Todd saw, you know, player after player, especially when you're the long tenured guy, right. um, you know, you, you don't see a lot of, you know, guys coming in. It's, it's always, you know, free agent here, free agent there, uh, but never, you know, internally players from the minor league system that had an edge and, and holiday brought that and holiday basically passed on this work ethic and this accountability and this friendship to Troy Tulowitzki and Tulo passed that one down to Nolan. And, and so, you know, when I think about the Rockies franchise and the culture, you know, it, it really, even though the franchise has been around for about 25 years, um, you know, there, there's in the last decade or so, there really has been an impact and a passing of the torch of this hard work ethic uh, within the group from the homegrown talent. And, you know, it started with Helton and it pushed itself to holiday. And, and like I said, it trickled to Tulo 
Um, Natulo pass it to DJ, DJ pass it to Nolan and a Trevor story. And, and that's how it's going to continue to work. Did you really think this would happen? Because, you know, we talked about this last year a great deal. And all of a sudden it comes up again. Normally we don't see deals take this long to happen. Teams kind of walk away once they realize it's not going to take place. But were you surprised that this was rekindled? No, I mean, it, it made sense to me. Uh, even on, on MLB Network Radio, I said it in November, I'd trade Nolan uh, if I was in that, in that same position. And, and it's not because you want to move the asset for, for revenue reasons. It, it wasn't, you know, the, this discussion that the Rockies are doing a salary dump because of the pandemic is far from the truth because you, you did have a, a player in, a, in an organization with the Rockies and the Cardinals that were talking about this, this deal now um, realistically previously to the pandemic. So um, this was this was a pre-pandemic kind of path that the Rockies and the Cardinals were, were on. Um, you know, as, as you look at, and you have to be realistic. I mean, could the Rockies have kept Nolan in, in their organization? Of course they could. What would they have done different? Um, you, you have to assess where you are in your division. You know, the Cardinals, if the Cardinals had a Cubs team that was clearly, you know, winning the division after division after division, um, you probably wouldn't have made a Paul Goldschmidt deal or made a Nolan deal. Um, but because your division's wide open, this Nolan extends a window for you. In the Rockies case, you have a Dodgers team and a Padres team, both who are geared up. You're not beating them. It's clear. Um, they're in right in the prime of their window. Their prospects are better. Um, their overall teams are better. So you have to reassess and think of, okay, how do we get back to a team that's competitive at this high of a level to beat the Dodgers and the Padres. And if you look at it through that, that clear lens uh, with the player that, that, you know, was publicly disgruntled and didn't really want to be when that franchise, cause he saw, you know, there's only so much you can take until you get fed up. Yeah. You know, if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> and I think that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with the, with the player. Um, you know, we see it in basketball. We see it in the NFL. Deshaun Watson says, get me out of Houston. We saw it with James Harden, you know, saying, yeah, get me yeah. out of here as well. Um, I don't see any, I, I don't take any issue when a player that has a certain caliber. Um, is it a bit of entitlement to a player that has a better career than others? Yes, uh, I certainly uh, believe that. Um, but when you're an organization trying to compete in a very difficult division with a player that's taking up 27% of salary and you have the opportunity to potentially get better, um, you do have to make decisions like like what the Rockies had to do, um, not justifying it because no matter what, you know, fans and myself, I'm a fan of Nolan. Yeah. Uh, it's really difficult to see Nolan in any other color um, than purple. And again, many thanks to uh, Rockies broadcaster and host at MLB Network Radio, Ryan Spielborgs, for joining us to give the kind of the Colorado perspective on how all of this played out, and also. And a little background on Arenado as well. I want to remind you that uh, you can gear up for the season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine, your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out. You can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine or call 314-345-9000. Stick around. When we come back, we are going to talk about and hear a little bit from Cardinals starter Adam Wainwright, who, again, I, you know, I hate to see that. I don't, I don't want, we don't want this to be like, Wayno is getting overlooked in all this. The the breaking news with Arenado is a really big deal. 
but of course, it's also a big deal to have Wayno back, and we will hear from Wayno coming up. Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And now more straight talk from Straight Talk. The big wireless companies say they're the only way to get the best coverage. Because they've got like a kajillion cell towers? Something like that. But Straight Talk Wireless runs on those same towers, so you get the same great networks for up to 50% less. I wonder if they're counting that one in Kickapoo, Kansas. Oh, boy. Switch today and get our unlimited plan for just 45 bucks a month with 25 gigs at high speeds and no contract. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. We continue on with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And Claibs, I know we teased this at the beginning of the hour. We spent a lot of the show on Nolan Arenado and, and the deal. And um, great to hear you know from Mo how it came down and from Arenado himself. And I know we briefly touched on it, but we want to do a little bit more, hear a little bit more from Adam Wainwright coming up here in a second because, you know, a lot of levels, but keeping that guy around is such a big deal. And I think when you listen to Arnado, it's guys like that that were kind of one of the draws for him in, in looking at the Cardinals as a favorable destination. I would agree with you, Kevin. And, you know, there are teams throughout sports that covet a person like Adam Wainwright who's got the experience, the demeanor, the leadership, and still the skill set to be able to contribute on and off the field. And uh, you couldn't have a better example of a teammate than Adam Wainwright. Now, he, that doesn't mean he has to be a rah-rah turn over the table sort of a guy, but yeah. his calm and his understanding of people and him being such a good listener and always having a legitimate response is something that you really wish you could have more of. But when you have one, you want to make sure you keep him around as long as he can be effective on the field and certainly off the field. You know, we're talking about a guy, Klaibs, third in this franchise's history in wins behind Bob Gibson and Jesse Haynes, right? Two Hall of Famers and then Adam Wainwright. We're talking about a guy that is in the top what, three or four in terms of strikeouts all-time in the organization's history, top 10. I think he's sixth all-time in innings pitched. I mean, you know, I don't know why. In, in top but it's, five in class. It, well, yeah, for sure. And I, I think that, you know, that that stuff is is important too because in addition to the current day impact, I mean, having these guys and knowing that it's very likely they're only going to play for one team in one uniform really, I think, means something to fans. I think people love that. No, I agree with you. And um, I, I just couldn't see him in another uniform, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I've been so used to it. And I think when you take in everything that he would have had to deal with going to another team, and as he mentioned, with so many kids to haul around, and, you know, even Matt Holiday talked about how important that was for him to be around his kids while he was playing. Adam has had that same opportunity to pack them all up and move them on. Man, I, I just didn't see that working out for him. No, he he stuck around and here. Uh, we're going to hear some of what he had to say uh, this past Friday at his own kind of reintroductory press conference where he talked about coming back and what this all means to him. Yeah, I just want to continue to build on expectations. In 2019, I, I had a my second half of the year, I felt like I pitched okay, pitched pretty well. Some things I could have done better, clearly. And, and uh, 2020, I mean, you know, albeit it was only 10 starts, but that's a third of a season. There were some things I, I really did well, but the, the expectations were there to be great and to pitch nine again. And I wasn't hoping to go nine. I was really expecting to go nine. 
And I think that's why I pitched deeper into games a lot of times. Uh, kept my pitch count down. Now, you know, some of that people are going to point to the DH and whatnot, but pitch count way down. I trained last offseason, and then when we had that dead time, I trained 12 pitches, no more than 12 pitches, shut it down, take a break, get back on it, 12 pitches. I was training myself to, 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 to believe that I'm not throwing any more than 12 pitches in any inning I throw. That's just going to happen. I'm 12 pitches or less. And then during the season, the the goal was eight pitches or less, and and that expectation allowed me to attack, um, allowed me to get some quick outs, allowed me to go deeper into games, allowed me to um, get hitters on the defensive, and and so the expectations of me wanting to go out there and go deeper into the game uh, were there for realistically for the first time in a few years, and. I want to build off of that. And so I did that. I did that pretty well. I mean, I, I'm, I judge myself on a pretty hard curve. I can be better at that. I can go deeper into games. I can be more consistent. I can do things a little bit here and there, but um, I was, I was pleased with uh, answering the bell every time I was pleased with feeling the way my body felt training staff just did an amazing job the way the strength, the strength staff and the training staff just did such a great job of making me prepared for each and every start. So those are the things I'm going to try to build off of and continue. You know, it's uh, I'll tell you this, I promise you after feeling the way I felt the last couple of years, if I start to feel like I hope I get outs again and not, I really expect to get outs again, I will retire. I mean, I've, I've gotten to that point. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm almost 40 years old. I, I will retire. I've got, plenty of kids to raise. I've got so many kids. I've got plenty of kids to raise. I've got lots of things to do. So um, when the expectation drops from being great to something else, I'll retire. I think there's some things that uh, I really like about this chance. Our chances to win this year. I wouldn't sign back. You know, I, I, honestly, I would have gone somewhere else if I, I, and I didn't ever think I would even consider it, but it, it was apparent to me uh, as we got into the process that, you know, tasting the playoffs again last year, that was a really big deal for me. Um, pitching the playoffs, feeling that even though we didn't have fans in the stands, feeling that that buzz in the air in October, that was important. And I love it. And I needed that again. So uh, I'm glad that I'm going to be on a team that's going to have a chance to do that. And again, that was Adam Wainwright from last week. Always, always great to hear from him. I want to remind you for the best baseball content and hot stove updates this offseason, follow at MLB on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, a lot of the rumors that have been floating around have been making their way through on those channels. And now, Claves, there are no more rumors. There's no more stuff like that. It's a fact. Uh, Wayno's done deal. Uh, of course, Nolan Arnado is a done deal. And now we're just waiting for the shoe to drop on Yadi or Molina. And I think there's one more aside from Molina. Now, it won't obviously have the same magnitude of impact, but I think that the Cardinals probably have another person in mind that they'd like to just add for safety's sake. Absolutely. All right. Coming up next, we're going to get a little bit more on Nolan Arenado from a guy that knows him pretty well. Former Cardinals outfielder Matt Holliday going to join us when we come back here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on KMOX. All right, back in on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And obviously, Really big week for Cardinals fans. The Nolan Arenado trade, uh, looking forward to seeing how all this plays out. And, you know, we, we've been looking for angles, Claves, guys, to talk to about Nolan Arenado. And one name that 
came up pretty frequently was that of Matt Holiday. And of course, Matt joining us now uh, in advance of getting ready to go do some coaching. First of all, Matt, thank you for doing this, man. We hope you're doing well. Uh, no problem. Uh, love to love to catch up with you guys and, and talk a little Cardinal baseball. Well, Matt, tell us uh, about Mr. Arenado. We had a chance to talk to him a little bit, and uh, he gave you a lot of credit on helping him in his career, but also giving him some good pointers on what St. Louis is all about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's easy to look from afar and see a great player. I think it's obvious uh, his defensive skills, his run driving in, 35 to 40 homers, in the MVP talk every year. I mean, those are things that I think, you know, you, you can obviously tell. But I think the impact that he will have on young players and, and when you talk about work ethic and attention to detail and championship caliber preparation and give, a, uh, I'd say, care factor. And, and just I, 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 I think emphasizing his, his hating to lose and, and, and how much he loves the game, I think, really jumps off the page to me about what's, what separates Nolan um, and, and making sure that he's getting the best out of himself for the team every single day. So um, I think you'll see a guy that, that, like I said, loves to win but hates to lose. Um, he, he, he loves to compete. Uh, he'll make, make his teammates better. Um, he's going to be he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I know and, and getting a chance in 18 to, to, to watch him uh, up close and then just watching him on TV every night. I feel like he makes a, a, a gold glove sort of quality play every single night. And I think that that's as a fan, uh, there's a anticipation and excitement that knowing you're going to watch one of the greatest defenders of, in the history of baseball. Obviously, you made this exact same move. I wasn't directly from Coors Field to St. Louis via Oakland in the middle, but you you're made the transition from altitude to no altitude. And he talked about that. Nolan did uh, earlier today, just that you know the, the difficulty when you're there of changing from altitude to no altitude. And then when people get out of it, like you, seemed to be that it was an e- a relatively easy adjustment for you. Like once you got settled, there was no more home road split or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, everybody hits better at home. So first off, Guys, that when you, as a hitter, you're more comfortable you, when you where you see the ball the most, the mo, the batter's box that you stand in, the hitting background that you see, um, the place that you take the most batting practice, sleeping in your own bed, your routine. Everybody, um, I, I think in general, hits and performs better at home. But I think when you talk about, you know, just like you talked about moving away from Coors Field and and you just really go back to the process like, and, and try not to let any of that enter in. Okay. So what's a good swing, a good swing works anywhere you play. It doesn't matter where you're at. Um, driving the ball into the gaps is a great approach. No matter where you are hitting the ball hard in the middle of the field is a, is a great approach no matter where you are. And so I think you, you just focus on what you can control, which is being in the batter's box, getting a good pitch to hit and hitting it hard in the middle of the field. And I think, if you go back to make things as simple as possible, and, and I think for me that was one of the things that, that I had to go back to, and, and even when you talk about getting traded and the expectations and the excitement and the fans expect you to get a hit every single time because in their minds they all they see is highlights and that's you get a hit or a home run every, every time you're up, um, it can be, you know, that can be a little bit of, of you, you kind of let that get to you a little bit. So, again, Going back to what you can control, which for Nolan is, is preparation, hard work, the things that he loves about the game is, 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 the, is, the, is the behind the scenes hard work. And I think that when hitters get back to, hey, what can I control? Well, I can get a good pitch to hit. I can put a good swing on it. I can have a good mindset of hitting the ball in the middle of the field. 
and, and not worry about what park you're in. And I think that that's the part about baseball is we don't play in a basketball arena. We don't play in a football field. Every field is different. Um, the dimensions are all different. The ball carries depending on the day, the weather. There's so many factors that go into to, to hitting a baseball and, and where you're hitting it that if you let all that get into your mind, you're thinking about the wrong thing. So uh, I think that he's, he's going to be very good at, at keeping things simple and, and keeping his approach um, successful. Matt, what do you like about his approach and his swing? Uh, you know, we see him a few times during the season, mm-hmm. and any other time it's a highlight of him hitting one in the seats. But one of the things that I noticed is he hits a lot of line drives. So what do you see? Yeah, he's got a pretty pretty direct swing, which I think, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty short swing. He uses the whole field. Um, he's a gap-to-gap hitter. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you throw the ball in and, and up, he can still get to it because he has such a short swing arc. Um, he's, he's keeps his head down really well. Um, he, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a good, good all around hitter Claves. And I, I think that, you know, he's, he doesn't have to be hitting the ball out of the ballpark to be a productive offensive player. Um, he hits the ball the other way with runners in scoring position. Um, so I, I think that you're looking at a guy that, um, is not a typical, like his numbers would say would be a guy that hits a lot of fly balls and, and, and is going for the downs every time. But, I think in reality he's he's like you talk, like you said a really good line drive hitter that when he catches it uh, slightly under um, he's got he's got juice to hit it out um, but I think he he has a good solid line drive middle of the field approach and so I think that that's something that plays anywhere and I think that that's the exciting part about people when they look at um, you know his home run splits or what he's going to look like outside of course field well. You know, he hits. He didn't. He didn't rely on the altitude by hitting sky high fly balls to carry the ball out of the ballpark. So um, he's a. He's. I think he's a. He's an all around really good hitter. And, and like I said, the thing that I love most about him is he's always working, always trying to get a little bit better. Um, you know, maybe a pitch that he struggled with the previous year, he would call me and hey, you know, let's. What do you think about hitting this pitch or that pitch? And then you know, send me video of hey, this is the adjustment I'm making. What do you think? And things like that. So. When guys are when guys are always trying to get better, those are the kind of guys that, that I really you know appreciate. Matt, when you kind of look back and and really the, this ownership group's tenure, all of the guys that they've committed to long term have that same characteristic you described about the grind, right? I mean, Albert and Yachty and you and Chris Carpenter and Matt Carpenter and Wayno and Goldschmidt and now Arenado too. I mean, how big a part of that is that of kind of the way that this team wants to play and the way they, the product they want to put on the field. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the Cardinals organization does a really good job of making sure that they're giving the commitment to the right kind of people and the people that, that are, um, you know, that are driven by excellence. They're driven by um, being the best version of themselves they can be. And and I think that those are the kind of people you can trust with a long-term contract. And I think that they do a good job of that. And, um, they do their due diligence with with the character part of it. And I think that that's really been the, the calling card from the, the Cardinals organization, um, going back to the Cardinal way and, and, and some of the things that some people on the outside sort of maybe poo-poo out a little bit. But I think that there is a way to play the game. There's a way to work. There's a way to, to – there is a standard of St. Louis Cardinal baseball um, that we, as, as members of it, when you join the organization or you join the team, you feel the expectation and you feel the – the standard that there is to to give it everything you've got, and I think that uh, they've they've done a really good job of of hiring and, and and extending the right kind of people, and I think that that's exciting. You know, with Paul and and, and Nolan going forward, 
uh, they've got two pillars uh, to build on moving, you know, to the next five to six years. So um, obviously you still got Yachty and, and or well, hopefully Yachty and, and Wayno uh, to kind of help with the torch of, of what Cardinal baseball looks like, but um, really, really strong kind of leaders and, and middle lineup types to, 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 uh, to kind of build towards. Matt, uh, you're out of the game now. It hasn't been that long. And I know you're coaching not only your kids, but some kids a little older. What do you see young people doing today that you try and give them advice on? Because we see so many different approaches now and everybody's trying to do it a different way. But what are you trying to instill in the young players you deal with? Well, I think that some of the some of the things now are, are there's just so many drills like you got to hit in the game and stuff that you can do in the cage and some of the launch angle stuff and some of these, um, you know, these gimmick things and some of the things that, that I, I think they are useful. But I think in general, you have to go back to, to the reality that you're going to have to hit your swing is going to be conducive to hitting 90 plus mile an hour fastballs and guys trying to change speeds and and accelerating breaking balls and balls that are going down and away from you. So uh, to me, you know, things that work on short toss don't work in the game necessarily. You can go in and I can get in on short toss and, and, and stand on my head and, and hit line drives. <laughs> I, I, I think that sometimes we get away from the fact that, hey, okay, we have to come up with an approach. We have to come up with a swing that's short enough to cover pitches all over the strike zone. And, and, and I think sometimes – it, nowadays with all the internet and, and Twitter and, and Instagram and all these hitting gurus and, and I think some of them have some good stuff, but I think in general, talking generalities with today's hitters and young players is some of it is, is, is not game usable. And, and, and that's the thing that I want to get hits in the game, right? So I can look great in batting practice or even in the, in the batting cage, but and my numbers on hit tracks might look awesome, but, I want to get hits in the game. And, and as a coach, we want to score runs and, and you, you don't get any points for, for hitting poolside, you know, homers in the batting cage and, and it just, they, they don't count towards the game. So um, that's one thing that I, I think claves when I, when I look at kind of what's going on today that I want to make sure my kids and, and our college guys understand. And many thanks to Matt Holiday for uh, spending a little time with us earlier on. Uh, he's getting ready to get out there and coach those Oklahoma State hitters. Uh, he obviously coaches at Oklahoma State uh, with his brother Josh, who is the head coach. Matt uh, coaches hitters and I think works with the outfielders as well. But very cool of him to join us and great perspective on Arenado, on that transition from being a Coors Field hitter to hitting at normal altitudes. As always, great stuff with Matt Holiday. Uh, I also want to point out to you guys uh, more great stuff. The Cardinals Kids Club presented by Rawlings is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes access to exclusive virtual events and items that include a fleece blanket and a wall sign, all for just 33 bucks. You can join at cardinals.com slash kids club. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap it up and give away another 2021 calendar. It's Kevin Wheeler, Mike Claiborne. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Man, what a great show, and, and certainly a great time for Cardinals fans when you're getting Wainwright back. It sounds like Yachty's going to be just a matter of time before it gets done. Uh, hopefully next week we can be doing the same kind of show about Yachty or Molina uh, returning to the Cardinals the same way we did about Wayno returning and, of course, Nolan Arenado arriving. Many thanks to our guest today, John Mozeliak. Uh, we heard from Nolan Arenado, Joe Buck, Ryan Spielborgs, 
Uh, heard from Wayno, obviously. Great to talk to Matt Holiday in that last segment as well. We appreciate everyone being a part of the show today. Uh, also want to remind everybody that's listening, you can pick up your 2021 Cardinals calendar that celebrates 12 epic moments in Cardinals history and gets you ready with spring training and regular season schedules all right there for you. You can pick yours up at area grocers and retailers or by calling 314-345-9000. But one lucky person, our first caller at 314-531-1120, picks up a 2021 Cardinals calendar for free right now. So again, first caller, 314-531-1120. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Kevin Wheeler saying thank you so much for joining us. It's been a big week. We'll look forward to more big weeks to come here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.